And welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And today we have a special guest with feelings, Brian Thompson. Brian's a psychotherapist in San Francisco who specializes in working with men. He's the founder of IRL Men, and IRL Men basically offers men's groups in San Francisco and Oakland in order to help reduce isolation and increase freedom through community. Uh, Brian has a background in dance, yoga, stand-up comedy, and basketball, and he co-hosts Radical Advice, a weekly radio show and podcast that answers listeners' life questions. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here with you both. Yeah, good to have you. Makes me uh makes me a little nervous, I have to admit, to have someone else who also has a podcast on the show as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you guys have actually been doing it longer than me, no? When did you start this show? About like a year and a half ago? Yeah. 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 I'm a baby compared to that. So. Yeah, how long have you been podcasting for? Uh me personally just since May. Oh. Oh. The okay. show Radical Advice started uh, last year, probably around the time yours started. Cool. Um, and what's, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your show? Sure. So Lily Sloan, who's also a therapist in San Francisco, and I uh, have a weekly radio show on BFF.FM, um, Tuesday mornings, 10 to noon, but p- most people listen to it as a podcast. Um, it's called Radical Advice, and we... Um, we take listeners' questions um, and and answer them almost like you know like the new version of Dear Abby. <laughs> um, but we often focus around social justice, personal growth, and activism. Oh, cool! Um, we like you too. We often have guests on the show, and awesome. it's good times. Do Do you have an all time favorite question that you've gotten? Um, or like a I like the re- I definitely like one. the relationship questions. Um, my, my friend Zach Schlosser was on the show last week and we fielded a couple questions. One was like, every time I call this guy, I always like hate myself for it cause he's a total asshole, but <laughs> it's great. Like also these people write it in with a, like a lot of emotion, which is awesome. <laughs> it's just like exclamation marks. Yeah. And so yes. one question was like, why do I keep reaching out to these guys? Who, who one guy in particular and like ultimately what is the nature why do we self-sabotage like i know it's mm-hmm. not good for me yeah. but i'll reach out to him anyway so it's like the addictive relationship pattern yeah and then another question was uh um the opposite question which i'm like 99 sure came from a guy he said like <laughs> every time i sleep with a woman even if she's awesome as soon as i've slept with her and then he used the word fuck like after we fuck mm. i no longer interested. I feel annoyed with them and I, I don't proceed with the relationship. And you could, and his question was like, how do I stop having this experience? Yeah. Wow. So he wants to stay in a relationship, but gets bored. The other wants out of relationship and can't get out and such is That's life. That's cool. So a lot of people are sending in questions that of like, they would actually ask a therapist. Yeah. And then uh, the <laughs> other genre that I've been really surprised about is people sending in questions about their feelings about their therapist <laughs> and they're asking therapists like do i tell my therapist this like, <laughs> i t- i tattooed my therapist's name on my arm that's no no swear that's impossible <laughs> swear to god <laughs> others are like like i'm 
when I'm in bed at night, I picture my therapist like tucking me in and wrapping around me. Is this normal? Is this okay? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> therapist named Brian. <laughs> that, you know, so that is radio the show. meta podcast yeah. thing I've ever heard. That is really great. You got to love it. There's enough people in the San Francisco Bay Area who are going to therapists that you can start to have these like meta therapist like conversations. Yeah. That's great. I have a I have a dream. I want to do this eventually to start a group for people that are in individual therapy to actually talk about their therapy and process together and like uh leverage off each other. Cuz when I was in grad school, yeah. we we did that we would practice on it with we'd have like a practice therapist for like a semester who was also a student and the therapist would get together and discuss what their experience were was and the, all the clients would get together and discuss and i started realizing like oh you 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 relate to therapy in that way or oh i can tell my therapist that like i'm angry at them like being <laughs> a being a therapist i'm surrounded by therapists so i've just re- it's really changed the way that i relate in my own individual therapy Huh. There was things I just didn't consider you could yeah. do, like get mad at your therapist or like, you know, <laughs> tattoo like, your this, therapist's this name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I have their name across my chest. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Cool. So uh, I, that kind of just makes me wonder in general, like how did you get onto this path of becoming a psychotherapist yourself? Uh, good question. I think I, I, I really do think it was a lot around groups realizing that I really, um, something opened up for me in intentional settings with individuals when we came together to be honest mm-hmm. and real. And I was finding myself, uh, because of that in, in early adulthood, living in community, intentional community a lot and gravitating towards process groups where, um, we take some time and, and um, talk about feelings or experiences of each other and give each other feedback. And mm-hmm. it was always kind of edge of your seat, exciting for me. Uh, definitely not boring. I'm like <laughs> often trying to move away from boredom in my life. Yeah. Uh, and another answer to that question is like mommy issues. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> The quintessential answer. My parents got divorced at a young age and I was like kind of the man of the house as like a four-year-old. And and not actually. My mom took good care of me, but I was the only guy in the house. And Mm -hmm. there was a way in which I kind of like naturally wanted to take care of my mom who who was heartbroken at that time. And I think that that kind of just became an unconscious way of orienting to the world. Like, how do I... um, help people yeah yeah awesome and you got into it and somehow you ended up specializing in working with men and with groups yeah so yeah exactly i i I started running men's groups uh about 10 years ago i started forming my own men's groups just in my own community and um we'd meet uh i think it was yeah it was bi-weekly at the time and those groups were super empowering. They really helped me level up in my relational skills and also helped me feel supported. Mm-hmm. Um, I found myself, yeah, it just, I, I think we all have a deep need for belongingness and connection. And that was like guaranteed time on the calendar um, that could uh, provide that space. So uh, it all started with those, those, those groups and realizing, uh, 
as I launched as a therapist, uh, someone who, who I met through one of those groups was also launching as a therapist. And we're like, let's bring, let's bring this, let's bring this to a bigger audience. Hmm. Um, and, and that I've noticed like a magic in, in, in the way clients tend to find me. Um, it's like, as I focused more on men's groups, more and more male clients are calling me. Hmm. It didn't really mm-hmm. start off like that, but as the focus has grown around the men's groups, it's amazing. It's just that's how, that's how niche <laughs> niching works. Yeah. yeah. It works for it's a like reason. A self-fulfilling prophecy, <laughs> but it just makes sense for me as a man, as a cisgendered guy, uh, I think to be working with other uh, men, I don't only work with cisgendered men, but right. there is there's just a natural allyship there and understanding. Mm. Um, and I have a healthy feminine side, but um, I don't know that I lead with that. But it's it's certainly integrated in me. So I feel like a, sometimes I feel like a birth, um, a midwife of like men's emotional birthing processes. So That's often I'll hear like, yeah, you know, it's been really hard. Like all my sh- shit got stolen, and like girlfriend found about this thing so we're like on our maybe breaking up so and she, like people say i'm depressed but i'm okay i'm okay so it's like <laughs> uh and i it's so it's like the, i give them an opportunity to slow down there it's like because both are true right we right. are okay right we're all okay we're fine um but we're also suffering and so the suffering tends to get marginalized because there's not space for it in culture right and when that's yeah. able to come out it can be super relieving, whether that's through one-on-one therapy or in group. Yeah. 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 As men, I feel like we're so quick to just jump to that. I'm okay part. Mm-hmm. No, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm good. Totally. And, and like you said, I love that analogy you used of like being like a midwife <laughs> for emotions. It's like we, that's desperately needed. <laughs> like we, mm-hmm. we need a lot of, a lot of us need to learn like actually how to tap into that and, and to know that hey, it's okay to feel this and like actually healthy. To feel this, you know, totally, um, but not second nature for a lot of us guys. Yeah, so. yeah, it's kind of trained out of us, as you both know and have talked about. Yeah, yeah, it's just like <laughs> put that away. Yeah, it's negatively reinforced. Totally, from yeah. a young age. Yeah, I think it's great to the the focus on men. I mean, I feel like anecdotally, there's sort of a shortage of male therapists like i don't i I don't have the stats like i don't know what your Mm -hmm. experience is but i feel like it's mostly a female profession yeah Um, for sure and and there's a lot of times where i've like seen female and male therapists but like a year ago i like really i was like i just really felt like i was looking for someone i really wanted it to be a guy and it's just like it's just way harder to find so it's just like really important that like you're out there doing that work yeah thanks yeah I'm in a similar spot with my own therapist. I've been seeing a female therapist for three years and I've just keep bumping up. I'm like, I think I just need a male therapist <laughs> at this point. That's funny. I, I'm the opposite. I, I feel like I've, I've always gravitated towards female therapists. And then, uh, my therapist, like my last therapist was, was a guy and he was awesome. He was great. But by the end of it, you know, we were kind of hitting this roadblock and he was, he sat me down and he's like, you know, He's like, I'm getting the gut feeling like you might need to work with a female therapist. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then I found you <laughs> and you were awesome. And, uh, but he was right. Like there are some areas in which I think like, you know, if we're talking this emotional uh, midwifing, like uh, there were some emotions that didn't feel fully safe, like coming out mm. in front of another guy. And, um, and like I took his advice, I, I started working with uh, a, another female therapist and, 
and with that, like it's been, it's starting to come out more. So beautiful. It's been, it's been interesting, but yeah, I find it interesting. Like I find most people will gravitate towards, you know, one or the other. Like there's usually like a slight kind of preference and, yeah. and I feel like you should kind of trust that instinct for sure. A lot of the time. And then, but where it gets tricky is like you also, um, need to be careful if you're just running away from something be <laughs> yeah. avoidant of something that's hard right because yeah. um, that can be like the other side of that could be like the breakthrough in the relationship and therapy so i really struggle with that going back <laughs> and forth but you're right i think it's fun it's it's good advice to just trust yourself yeah, yeah. we're very finicky it's like yes. this week i want like a female therapist so i can just go and cry <laughs> next week i want a male therapist you know it's like we want what we want when we want it how we want it and half the time we don't know exactly what we need right and sometimes you know you just gotta experiment and just and just find out and yeah. i feel like usually pretty quickly you'll know if something's not a good fit yeah you know? um yeah so cool well, brian i'd love to hear a little more about the group's you've been leading i mean what are they sort of like what what's sort of the goal like are they is there just a standard sort of men's group that just is the same like that any therapist would lead that would be the same if not sort of what makes yours sort of particular or different yeah so one one thing that's unique about irl men uh is that uh all of our groups currently are run by not just myself but my my friend that i mentioned earlier friend and colleague troy pawarski and he uh He's got his background in existential humanistic uh, streams in, in therapy. Hmm. Um, and I'm more like somatic, transpersonal. Um, and so we have very different strengths and orientations. Sorry, can we pause to define those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just there like, a lot of words on this, Brian. Shoot, thank you. <laughs> Slow me down. Um, they sound cool, but I would like to know what they are. Yes. So somatic is def is more body based kinds of therapies. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so less like talking about like your life story, but going into like the emotion, like the feeling that you're actually feeling and exploring in the body. In the body. Right. Um, I'll let you take Tran transpersonals bringing spiritual lenses into uh, the the setting. So I've done a lot of work um, attuning to an energetic field in group. This thing phenomenon called we space. The way that's the easiest to understand is um, any listener, if, if they're alone right now, they can just kind of um, notice the atmosphere around them or if just a couple people are around or if they're in a room full of people, just you can notice the energy in the room. It, we take it for granted. So the, yeah. way to, the way to kind of even notice it even more is if you've ever been to a sporting event or a concert where there's thousands of people, sporting events are great because like, like when the San Francisco Giants were in the World Series, it's like the whole city's like glued into like ninth <laughs> inning, game seven, like the stadium's packed and, and there's like a collective uh, focus. Mm. And that has a very different feel than, for example, this conversation right now. Mm. Um, it's, it's just less like magnetized than energized upward. And that's, and that same phenomenon can be experienced and, and observed and studied in group on multiple levels. And so um, the, the deeper I've gone into that, the more I start to feel into what I consider to be transpersonal um, or beyond the personal mm. space. So um, this would be like 
ancestors and spirit guides and all sorts of things that actually influence my practice quietly. I hardly ever speak to them. I actually don't know much about them, but I feel them and I experience them um, in ways that would be quite tangential to go off on. But that's, that's, that's one element, just even honoring that that exists. And how that shows up in group is I'm often asking folks like what they're noticing. And um, initially, guys won't want to mention that they're bored in group. Mm. Two people will be getting into a process. It could be a really exciting process. But somebody's thinking about how they screwed up at work or that girl that they're thinking about calling back or whatever. And they're like, oh, I, I'm not here right now. And um, And even bringing that in, saying like, I haven't been listening. There's a way that... Uh, me as therapist, I'm attuning to that at all times. Like it feels, um, and it's hard to describe how this is done, but it's a, it's a felt sense. We all already have this intelligence and competencies Mm -hmm. in us, but they can be developed the more we focus on it. Um, so it can feel like half the group's kind of not here. So we'll call attention to that. Not as like a, somebody's not paying attention, (laughs) which is what people and men in the group normally feel is shame. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not, I'm not doing this right. But it's actually like, no, great. Like, what are, what is happening? Oh, who else is bored right now? And then it, then it's exciting again. Mm. And then we're naming things we don't normally name in, in relationship. And people have feelings about the boredom. Some are excited. Others are like, that kind of hurts that you're bored during what I'm saying. Then we're in the mess of life, but, but we're relating. And so every, so suddenly no one's bored. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like this irony that by bringing in the boredom, Mm -hmm. no one's bored anymore. So it That's sounds cool. like one of the things, yeah, yeah, I guess I am curious, you know, what makes a men's group or a circle like this different than, let's say, you know, just your regular, maybe one-on-one therapy sessions. And it sounds like one of the things you're talking about is that you, the dynamics of everyone in the room actually is a, is a big part of that and like mm-hmm. what's presently happening, right? Like how people are feeling and how people are reacting to each other becomes a part of kind of the therapy or the. Totally. Yeah. So the focus is on the here and now um, emotions and the relationships in the room. And so that uh, that's what keeps it. Uh, that That's a huge different differing factor. Individual. It's like, it's on the client. Mm-hmm. What what's up with you? I mean, it's still on the emotions and here and now. Actually, the principles are somewhat the same, but in group, it's it's so much more relational. I often think of group therapy as like individual therapy on steroids, because <laughs> when for a lot of us, when we're with one person, it's it can be calming because um, we can we get to know that person, and then we're like, okay, this person's not judging me. Uh, I can trust this person. But with eight people, when you share something. You have much less control over your understanding of what's actually happening. With one person, you can project and know from the relationship, like mm-hmm. they, they're probably like not judging me or I can tell my therapist is thinking something, whatever. But when there's eight, it's like, uh, like you're inevitably afraid of a couple people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we, we give people a chance to check in and, and it's amazing what people find out. Uh, often our hunches are wrong or we're really afraid that so-and-so is judging us or um, yeah. And then that per- we get to find out in real time what that person's experience is. And these are the simplest things in life, but they're often inappropriate in a workspace mm. or even in some of our most intimate relationships with our family. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey dad, what, what were you feeling when I just 
when I just shared with you about my <laughs> my girlfriend, like, oh, it's fine, son, don't worry. You know, it's like there's a non-answer. Very very awkward questions to ask for most people, and even right. most of their close relationships. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and, for sure. And, and people will hide from the intimacy. So even if you t- take the risk to ask the question, it's like it's a minimization. Like, oh, I'm fine. It's this like preemptive caretaking that that forecloses like deeper intimacy and deeper informational flow between people. Yeah. So, so that's another version of like the um, midwifery. Mm. Like what's actually happening? Like, okay, you, you guys are cool, but what else, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And when you're able to actually go into maybe those kind of awkward places that we don't normally go to in our relationships, what do you find? Like, is there, is there a lot of benefit for, for, for <laughs> guys question. especially to go there? Totally. Yeah. It's amazing. I've been like really touched by how often men in the group are reporting. Like sometimes I'm like, could you say that again for like a, for an advertisement? You know, they're like, <laughs> a little testimonial. Like, this is changing my life, like in real life. They'll like say things that I'm like, <laughs> I would love to have that as like on a commercial or something. But, um, but yeah, it's really deepening their, um, freedom. Ultimately, that's what it's about. And it's been about for me for a long time. It's like, how, how can we be more free? Mm. That doesn't mean free to, to always ask everybody hard questions, but to actually have the option. Um, so that we're not, or so our band, our options expand. So it's like, Oh, I, I actually have the muscle memory, the, the psychological muscle memory to be like, Hey, how was that for you? Dad? Oh, like, uh, and then when dad shies away, like you have a choice. I know from group that I can actually like stay with this. Hmm. That's actually what therapists often do is like the best therapists have done a lot of their own work and the deeper, um, it's like you can only take someone as far down the rabbit hole as you've gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But once you've gone that far down the rabbit hole, you can initiate others. Hmm. And so in group, there's like a Troy and I are, are helping to initiate guys, but then they're, then they're initiating others and in and if unfolds out into their lives, into their dating lives, women tend to be more uh, emotionally capable of communicating about on that level. And so then they're dating and they're, they're finding, Oh, I can I'm finding more success because I'm able to have more intimacy, actual mm. intimacy. Yeah. So I think you were, you were um, about to sort of go into some of the more just the details and basics around IRL men. Mm. Before I made you define, yeah, yeah, <laughs> large words. <laughs> I get all tangential. So. <laughs> no, 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 but but would Keep love to track. would love to um, come back to that. Just like so, we're running. Groups what are the groups like? How many groups? How big are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco and Oakland. They tend to be seven to nine guys. Um, guys, are, uh, we don't have any teenagers in our groups yet, but we've got guys in their twenties all the way up to seventies. Awesome. Um, it's probably mostly guys in 30s, 40s, 50s, but uh, it covers a wide range. And uh, we meet for weekly for an hour and a half. And so it's it, there, there is a high level of commitment in the sense that it's the weekly commitment. Um, the same but, people have to be showing up every week. It's a, it's a defined yeah, group for X period of time. Correct. And it's closed groups, so it's not really drop-in. So we ask for a 10-week commitment to start. And, okay. from, and then after 10 weeks, you can, people can choose. Generally, they, we've had everybody stay who's gone 10 weeks. Um, and, and as some, but then you graduate or whatever, leave when you want to leave. So there's no, 
when people are ready to leave, there's a process of transitioning out, saying goodbyes. You get to work with the theme of death ultimately. Mm. Uh, anytime there's goodbyes, like what what's up now? You know, all the all this stuff around goodbyes comes up, and we pra- process that. Um, and and then new guys come in, and yeah. there's new new birth and new new group formation. But they're coming in. It's they're coming in sort of on a rolling basis to a group that's Correct. already formed. So that's like an interesting process. It tends to stay closed for a while, yeah. and then and but yeah, if somebody moves to New York or something, it's like now there's an open spot, and hmm. and Troy and I will make a judgment call about like when the right time to bring somebody else in is. But generally, it's like let's keep it rolling. Yeah, more more fuel for the fire. Yep. Yeah. Um, and what is the, what is the, for a typical session? I'm sure there's a lot of variation, but what is sort of the agenda or, or basic structure look like? For the yeah. Minutes? It, we, uh, when groups start, start, like right now we're forming new groups. So it's a great time to get involved if you're interested. Um, uh, so when groups launch, we do a little bit more like holding. Uh, and by that, I mean like more structured activities that we can explore. Um, and then over time, Troy and I kind of back off more and more and more to just leave space for what's happening. How are people feeling? What's up? Sometimes people will come in and say like, I'm really struggling with, uh, this feeling imposter syndrome, feeling like a failure, feeling like a fake. Um, and we'll, we'll on a certain evening, give that guy more time. That person will have like Mm. spotlight for half the group and, Maybe we'll, um, he'll, that, that man will be able to cast the different voices, describe these different perspectives he has. There's the voice that says you're, I'm a failure. There's a voice that says like, like, fuck that. I'm not a failure. Then there's, um, some, whatever other voices are there. So we literally externalize them and have that guy choose who he wants to play those roles. And oh, get, that's cool. Get them to like what what is what's like the key statement that each of those voices say to you and then you, mm. you hear them and it can be it can be really powerful actually surprisingly powerful that's cool um to, to externalize those voices and then be like oh man that voice is just bs so it's a, it can feel more clear um should i stay with her should i go i'm gonna i'm i'm an asshole if i leave but something tells me to go and um, but look at all I'm giving up, like all those kind of voices as well. Hmm. Yeah. And just, I'm actually became curious as you were talking, I'm curious what percentage of what guys are bringing into these groups is around relationship, like romantic relationships versus not. Yeah. I don't know that I can name like a percentage, but that's often it's, it's, it's the, it's the three things. It's like family, romantic relationships and work <laughs> okay that's, that's the <laughs> those are those things, the three big those, buckets the trifecta. yeah that people tend to bring in um yeah and and relate about but it's just you know there's so much underneath it. whatever whatever we often talk about levels of communication so right now we're talking about the group so this would be kind of like what we describe as level three um like if we were to talk about trump right now we're all relating through trump right Mm -hmm. level two is how we feel like so when i'm like man i'm really excited about these groups they mean a lot to me i'm bringing myself in more uh in relation with it and then level one is like as i sit here with you guys i feel um 
really grateful to like for this opportunity. Feel like um, I feel nervous saying this to you, and I feel uh, just a sense of warmth uh, being being in your presence. Just bringing it to like the present moment. Yeah, direct and experience. Then, and then you have an opportunity to keep it at level one by saying, "When you say that, I feel." I also feel nervous or whatever. I mean, we could try it if either of you want to s- describe how it was to hear that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when, when you said that, I definitely felt warmth at the, the gratitude, the gratefulness part. And then I, I definitely started to feel a little nervous, a little bit of the, okay, what, okay, what do I, you know, going into level one feels a little bit, and I've done this before with different group practices, mm-hmm. right? like circling or yeah. uh, tea group. And it always feels like you're, you're walking a tight wire act. And mm-hmm. so when, as soon as you enter that space, I was like, Ooh, okay. Uh, all right. I don't know what's going to come out of people's mouths now. Like, what am I feeling? Like, where are we going? And just, uh, yeah, it can feel, um, a little kind of exciting, but a little nerve wracking. Totally. At the same time. Intimacy. Yeah. It's, it's intense. <laughs> <laughs> that's the good shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I love about these groups. I think sometimes people have an idea of like men's groups. I know my friends back in Kansas City. I tried to start <laughs> a men's groups with with them multiple times, and and they really rejected me. A very like homophobic culture, and they just couldn't get beyond the like what they saw as as like uh, gay mm. about like guys getting together to talk about emotions or to be real it's just like if it's not involving drinking then like 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 they're not interested um but actually they're terrified is what it is Mm. um so it takes a lot of courage and that that kind of gets me excited because um there's a way in which yeah it, it like it actually takes like all the stereotypically like male qualities uh, are needed to to step into a men's group. You have to have a lot of courage, bravery, yeah. strength. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. gonna be like an edge of your seat journey. You're gonna be <laughs> challenged and pushed, and you're gonna grow. Um, and all of that is just it's fun, not boring at all. Yeah, I'm curious with your your Kansas City friends. Uh, were you able to? to influence them at all like have they stayed <laughs> i came in so ambitious after i started my first men's groups i i was so excited and i was going back to kansas city for a few months this was like eight years ago and i sent everybody an email my whole entire high school class actually because there was a facebook group for a high school reunion mm. and i was like hey everybody i'm super into this thing i want to offer it <laughs> i've got an idea <laughs> for free yeah yeah i just like i'm looking for like eight to ten guys who want to meet weekly for three months i'll launch this thing and then i'll leave and you guys it'll be self-running at that point yeah um and i couldn't believe the responses even on the facebook page one guy was like i appreciate you saying your your beliefs um, but I have to say, I am repulsed by this idea. And I was That's like, amazing. That's I was a great like, verb. Emotions. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, first of all, I wasn't sharing my beliefs. I was just inviting you all into a men's group. But I was, but I did actually like pause and like say, like, I actually really appreciate you voicing this because I'm sure there's plenty of people who are with, agree with you and have the courage. Like you're yeah. the only one who has the courage to just say it. Right. But it was, it was like that. Like I could not get the, I couldn't get anything launched. So this last Christmas, 
I uh, had the guys over for dinner and beers and watching basketball and just did a check-in <laughs> where everyone had like two to three minutes to talk about like what was up for them. And even in that, that was so hard to get them to do, <laughs> but they had known I'd been trying for like eight years. They're finally like, fine, dude, we'll sit and do your like kumbaya circle or whatever. <laughs> and it was just like, no interrupting is the rules. Just like the focus is going to be on one guy at a time. Just talk about what's up in your life. And by the time the circle went around, they were, one of the guys thanked me and they all had realized that they're all struggling with the same mm. stuff, um, but they never talk about it. They get together yeah. to watch KU basketball and drink beers and they talk about like their families and whatever, but the deeper cut, like, yeah. man, I'm anxious all the time. Right. Like they just don't normally say that to each other. And it was fine. It was the first time. So that uh, felt good. That's good work, Brian. <laughs> Eight <laughs> yeah. years of work. Yeah. I'm, I'm intensely loyal to my, my, my people I love. <laughs> I feel like that's a, that's a great example of the importance of meeting folks where they are. You know, like for all of us, wherever we are in sort of our personal growth path, we can only take one step at a time. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like thinking about any sort of individual or group therapy process, we can be where we are. But, you know, if that if it's too big a gap, like a gap or a chasm between someone else, like it's easy to. I just think it's an interesting example, because once you sort of were able to bring it into a space that felt comfortable for them. It totally worked, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's yeah, great, cool. great point there. One of my mentors gave me that advice. I came back to California after that first men's group failure, mm. and I met with this guy, and he was like, well, why don't you just like drink beers with them and ask them what's going on? And I was <laughs> like, huh. I mean, we were already kind of doing that, but like, yeah. But just he, take he basically a, proposed what worked. Right. Just take it a little step far, farther. Push the edge just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and that and that makes me curious. Um, for your IRL men's groups, are is there sort of any formal informal screening process? Is there somewhere someone sort of needs to be in their personal growth journey to be ready for that sort of group, or do you just sort of take all comers no matter what? Uh, we'll, we'll meet with anyone who wants to join the group, Troy and I, uh, for two sessions before they join the group. One is to get kind of background information. What was it like growing up in your family? What are you joining the group for? What do you want to get? What do you imagine will happen if there's anger in the group or conflict? All this stuff to kind of help us support them and know who they are before jumping into the group. And then, uh, yeah, one of the meetings is to prep for different scenarios in group. Just kind of give them a little booster course before jumping in. Yeah. Most of the guys in our groups actually are in individual therapy, mm. which is really supportive. A lot of guys come in and then end up uh, wanting to do individual therapy because <laughs> so much happens in group. Um, but not everybody is. So it's it's mm. a it's a there's a variety there. Um, so it's but a good a small screening. It's a right. good like. So it sounds like it, it works well along with individual therapy as well. It's, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a replacement for right that. it can be but individually you get so much focus the 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 guys who are uh working both with troy and i individually and are in group uh yeah there's a way in which that's like a really great combo yeah it's not required by any means but all right so brian I feel like you've, you've kind of touched on this a little bit throughout the conversation, but you know, I'm a huge fan of individual therapy. Been doing it for years. We'll talk to everyone about how amazing that's been for me. Can you sell me on why I should take more seriously 
you know, I've been flirting with the idea of men's groups. I even tried to start one of my own, mm. but scheduling was so crazy. We got like three or four meetings and it was just like, we couldn't oh, right. keep making it happen. Sell me on, on, you know, why or whether I should like, will be the benefit of me, like continuing to put some effort. Cause it is a lot of effort. I feel like to actually make this happen. Um, on top of my individual therapy practice. Uh, are you speaking about starting your own group or joining a men's group? Um, that, I guess, like, I guess just a group in general, but I, I guess I am interested in, in starting my own group. Yeah. 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 Cause I remember us talking about this last time, mm. which is really interesting, which is a whole nother stream, which is that you don't have to obviously pay Troy and I to join our <laughs> weekly group. Uh, that's a great thing to do if you want to outsource the whole deal mm. and also have therapists there holding the space. Right. Um, but I, the first couple of men's groups I started, I did just using this book called The Circle of Men, which is a guide to starting a men's group. And I learned hmm. so much from that. Um, so to your, your question was sell you on men's work. <laughs> I mean, you've already been doing I've a great job of it. Feeling like I've been doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that's covered in a certain, in a right. certain way. But uh, I, I think. I think you touched on a really interesting, like I would this back and forth here because I would love to start one also, but it's, it's so much work. Mm-hmm. Like it, like the, the, just the sketch, it's not so much, but like the scheduling component, right? Like there's a lot of barriers to actually getting something off the ground like that. Yeah. Um, versus, oh, like if there's a great one where all you have to do is just show up, right? And someone else has already done all that work for you. Yeah. That's really attractive. The challenge is like, I think, at least in LA, like I think there's, I maybe haven't looked hard enough, but I think there's not as many opportunities for like really excellent, well facilitated groups like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'll give the cliff notes on like starting your own group because I think Please. that can be really empowering for people. Yeah. Um, when I started them before, I always teamed up. The first time I did it, I teamed up with one guy. The second time I did it, I teamed up with uh, three other guys. There were four of us. Um, meeting regularly is super important. Uh, and, and I think the best way to do that is to find a night that the, everybody, that original crew can commit to Mm. and then recruit guys off of the, that date, like every other Wednesday night. And if they don't fall into that, then it's okay. It's like, sorry. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, so the the first time I did it, each of us picked, um, like we got, uh, each of us got 15 guys to invite. So that was a list of 30. We invited all of them and like eight ended up working out. So mm. boom, we had our group. The sweet spot in groups tends to be like minimum six, uh, up to 12 and s- somewhere in the middle is like kind of perfect. Um, eight or so seven yeah. to nine especially if somebody's going to miss a week which inevitably happens but we started meeting every other week every other wednesday night and um and we use this circle of men's book which you can get on amazon for like 15 bucks or whatever it was written back in the 70s so uh 
Yeah, so it's clearly irrelevant it at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, it's still super relevant. And, but and but I you think could, it was written you can by all, uh, people who started the Mankind. Yeah, the guys who started the Mankind project. Yeah. Oh, which, cool. Yeah, we right. had a, a podcast with Enrico Moses, who's I have uh, it sitting involved. right here. Actually, it'll come up as opposite on the screen. <laughs> the circle, a circle of, of men by Bill. For Conn. everyone watching the podcast on the non-existent podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Shoot, I forgot about that. So. Um, <laughs> Anyway, what, what's brilliant about this book is it gives you the first 10 weeks. So nobody has to do it's you're kind of outsourcing hmm. the mm. thinking to, uh, to the book and it's rotational leadership. So you get eight guys and, uh, each man is going to lead a week. Um, it's and, a good idea and all they have to do. So their first in. week, they're literally getting a chapter in a book to be like, read this, say this. Like it can be that scripted mm-hmm. and it quickly gets heated up by by meeting like six to or eight uh you come together and every guy has to say who they trust the most in the group and who they trust the least <laughs> and that isn't to say who you don't trust because generally everyone trusts each other in these mm-hmm. groups but who do you trust the least and that can be such important feedback who doesn't get chosen for any of the the most or the least was one of the mm-hmm. most interesting uh I'm going to out my buddy Troy, who I work with. That happened in our group. And I was so fascinated because he's like, this is what always happens to me. People don't notice me. Huh. I'm not oh, noticed. Wow. I don't, I don't. And so even that, even not getting chosen is a thing. And then, um, and then I, I swear the guy that I said I trusted the least, I, I, I started that group with a friend. So me and a buddy started that group together. The, I am closest with Troy, who wasn't chosen, and the guy that I said I trusted the least today. Oh, interesting. Hmm. And so it, it's, it's a, it kind of forces you into early what they call ruptures. When there's rupture, there's opportunity for repair. And yeah, that's, right. that's how we grow muscles. That's how we grow relationship. That's how we Conflict grow Conflict resolution. Yep. Yeah. When you don't yep. get abandoned after a rupture, um, then it tends to strengthen the relationship. And that was like textbook for my for my experience and everybody was scared like nobody wanted to say who they (laughs) trusted the least but uh it's such a good practice you start to have a an authentic community it's like it's like when you get through a hard workout you're like i feel great we did that (laughs) we we all just did that and we survived it Mm because the the brain will tell you like don't do this you're gonna get out it you're gonna get outcasted and that need for belonging so intense Hmm. like like just you're not supposed to say these things but wow say them anyway and survive yeah it sounds like being in that group dynamic like something else that you can't really do in individual therapy is um yeah i I guess work on these relational issues like this feeling of like oh you know i often am not noticed or or i'm overlooked a lot and in that exact moment you can actually talk to another guy in that group about how they see you and mm-hmm. how they relate to you, like right then and there. Like, I feel like you can actually work on these group dynamics, which are a big part of our life, mm-hmm. right? Fitting in, how do other people see me? You totally. know, how do I relate to other people? And to be able to not just talk about that and then go back out into the world where you'll be in group dynamics, but then, but to actually be in the petri dish of a group dynamic as you're talking about it just seems really powerful. Totally. Yeah. Like, generally, if you find your, therapist annoying week after week you're gonna leave therapy (laughs) in a men's group if there's a guy who kind of annoys you often or every so often like there's no avoiding that Mm. and that 
that's an important experience. What do you do when you're annoyed with somebody? And like you actually have such a gift for that person because hmm. if they're annoying somebody you in group, they're annoying people outside a group. Um, and no one has the courage to tell them that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So and we don't have like containers in general in like a workplace or in like most like of our daily life. There's not a container where you could say that in a way that it would be received well or work well or totally. you'd actually have conflict and resolution as opposed to just conflict and entropy. Yeah. Right. Right. And th- there's no rule. But I'm always like, I continue to be just like in awe of how people will get that kind of feedback. Like, I feel annoyed when you say that. And the person who's giving it is more terrified than the person who's receiving it. The Mm. person who's receiving it often is relieved. Hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I kind of always have felt that's the whole field thing that I was talking about. I always Mm. feel like when I'm like doing this, it drives people away. They already know that they're annoying people, but no one's just saying it so that they can like see it a little more clearly and and perhaps shift it or not Mm. there's you know yeah that's a great point i have to think that there's also a great value to kind of being locked into this group dynamic like you said you know um when someone starts they're kind of locked in for a certain amount of time to the group and there's this dedication right so it's almost like whatever comes up no matter how uncomfortable like we're in this (laughs) like i'm gonna see you week after week after week and Mm -hmm. it's like no matter what, it's like we're going to dive into this and we're going to look at it from all sorts of different angles. Totally. And there's no cutting and running. Totally. Yeah, that's like some of the most healing stuff. Somebody will come in uh, really upset or, and, like, and show some uh, less defended side of themselves. And I've had, I've had guys do this, come kind of act out in a certain way, like mm-hmm. a younger part of themselves, like – um a temper tantrum kind of Mm. (laughs) and that the in between that meeting and the next meeting i'll get a phone call i might meet with that person and they're like i think i should leave the group and it's because every time they've shown that side of themselves they've been abandoned Mm. their girlfriends Mm. left they've been told they were too much Mm. and and that was the feedback they're getting from the world like they might have been too much they're about to get that same feedback from the group in a way they already they already (laughs) did there's I can't fix that for them, but uh, it's really healing to come back to the group and have and yeah and have everyone still be there, still be accepted and mm. and loved, and then that part gets has a chance to integrate. Mm. They can actually be like and have more choice. It's the whole principle of like you walk down the street, fall into a hole. Walk down to the street, see the hole, fall into the hole. <laughs> walk down the street, see the hole. Think I'm not going to fall into this hole. Fall into the hole. <laughs> Next time you walk down the street, you see the hole. Th- think all the things, and you walk around it. And that's that's like increasing freedom. Mm. Um, eventually, you can like walk around it. And and for for this man, I'm thinking of in particular where this happened recently, is he keeps reporting like that. Me showing up in that way was the best bang for my buck that i've gotten in this group i revealed myself i revealed an ugly part of myself Mm, and everybody's still here and i haven't had i've never had that experience Mm, and and uh. and now i don't feel i don't feel like i have to show up in that ugly way in the in the same way i'm sure it'll come up for him again some point in his life or in the group and that's fine but it's um there's something that integrates and calms around that Hmm. and um yeah. More freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, Different options. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. The first. Oh, right, right. One more piece about that. He, this yeah. is what he learned from that is next time I'm in that state, 
It's like he sees the whole, he's like, I'm going to ask for a hug. Mm. Instead of pushing everybody away preemptively, mm. I'm going to just be like, I'm going to notice that and have a, ch- a different choice. I know that now I can say, hey, guys, I need a hug. I need some love right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a beautiful story. I'm, I'm going to go to first level for a second and say I felt a little something in my chest when you were, yeah. when you were telling me. That's really, yeah. yeah, I feel like I can imagine that guy. You know, it's really yeah. beautiful. Totally. Yeah. yeah. We all, yeah. I think, I feel like we all have like a, a part of that that feels like that sometimes. Yeah. It's like know? we all are that guy, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And then with the, the only uh, friendly amendment I'd offer to your story is I feel like in real life, the like walk down the street, fall in the hole. The only difference is we do, it takes a hundred times in each one of those steps to get to the next one. It's like, it's amazing how slow we can be (laughs) just like all our mental patterns and practices and thought loops. They're just, they change, but, but not, Quickly, Not as quickly as you would, you would hope, right. <laughs> yeah. but they change. We're brilliant at like making plans, fantasizing about how the things will be, but actually like embodying it is so much harder. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just kind of remarking like, oh, we, we can all kind of relate to the experience that this guy went through. And it reminded me a little bit of the story you told about your Kansas City buddies. When everyone had a chance to check in, they all kind of realized, oh, we're kind of going through the same things. Mm-hmm. Um and the experience I had, you know, the few uh, meetings I did with the men's group I started, I remember that being this overriding theme. You know, we'd all share what was really coming up for us. And it'd be such different topics, right? Every guy was so different. You know, some people are, you know, working like, you know, getting paid six figures. Others are, are having trouble just finding like a waiting job. Mm-hmm. And yet we're all sharing, you know, what's going on. And I feel like at the end of each meeting, it was like this feeling of, wow, we're, we're all kind of going through the same shit. It was like, it was always this uh, humanizing experience of like, we're, we're in this together. Um, and I feel, I feel like that was always, that was something that I got out of a, a group dynamic that I don't often get, you know, usually when you're in group dynamics, you don't often go to these deeper layers and to these deeper levels and to do that with a, a, a lot of other people. Um, I felt like there was a different kind of healing element to that and this and a sense of yeah like oh i'm not so alone in this right. as i thought i was and that was something i really appreciated about that dynamic yeah group it's powerful <laughs> yeah yeah i'll i'll share some of my uh, selfish interest in this conversation is that so i just recently joined a men's group um that's oh, for nice. the first time that's facilitated by um the therapist that my wife's been seeing for a long time and that we see together sometime, sometimes. Um, and yeah, it's been a really interesting experience on a few levels. So, so the therapist, Ali, she's a woman. Um, and she said she tried for a long time to find a, a great guy to either facilitate this instead of her or alongside her, but she just couldn't find the right um, therapist. Cause like she sort of saw the need for, like male energy in terms of like leadership of it, mm-hmm. but just like when she couldn't make that work, she's like, okay, better to do this, you know, do this at least with me than not do it at all. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting. So she sort of like cobbled it together with, you know, people from like her clients that she thought would be interested and that were interested. And there's only four of us. Um, and we just, it's just been twice so far monthly, but it's a really interesting challenge because as you sort of know and spoke to four is small for a group. It's like, 
if you had one less, you wouldn't have a group anymore. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. at, th- at three, you're not a group. You're just three people. <laughs> I feel like. Um, so we sort of want to be bigger, but, but we're still like, it's still very early and we're sort of like forming our identity as a group and figuring it all out. And, um, so yeah, it's just like this interesting challenge. Like how long do we stay closed versus trying to open it up and, um, just trying to figure that out in real time. Yeah. I mean, there's so like this conversation can go so deep because there's all these different layers of development in the group too. There's like, first everybody wants to find the norms. And so there's Mm -hmm. like an anxious search for norms. And um, then there's like a fight over the norms. It's like (laughs) that can come up. Like, what is this group? Some people describe it as like the hippy dippy Kansas city, like kind of, uh, it's like an oversimplifying of it. Others are like, there's just so many ways to relate to and through the group. And what you're fighting over is like reality. Like what there's, there's something at stake. It's a, we do this as a country, right? Uh, what is America? And, mm-hmm. uh, and it gets fought out politically in a lot of ways, but with a uh, 300 million person group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is, so it's kind of relieving to have a group of eight and see like, <laughs> like, oh man, it's still hard yeah. here too. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this thing that we, what we all are invested in now? And then eventually, actually, it's like individuation needs to happen. So there's all these like levels of development. Just like in a hum- one person, one one person like grows up and has levels of development, a group will have the same mm. stages, and it's it's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, yeah. And how many do you have going right now as part of IRL Men? Yeah, so we're still we're just we have one active group in the city, and we uh, and that's actually it right now. Um, but we're we're launching we're in a really intense process of like interviewing lots of people and we um so it's going to be probably six by the end of the year wow. Um, oh wow and on the verge of yeah launching one in the san francisco and one in oakland so it'll be pre- three pretty soon the scheduling is the hardest part because yeah. we need to find <laughs> people that are uh one, yeah one, <laughs> able to meet weekly yeah, uh, yeah, for for a while. And and do you recommend weekly? Like I know with the group I was starting, we initially did monthly, and that actually felt a little too long in between. Yeah, meeting. So I highly recommend weekly if you can pull it off. Yeah, uh, I I in my own Troy and I are about to start a year long um, group uh, therapy program training program essentially. That's that has never in all of its history uh had just men in it but uh it's just gonna be men so it's kind of a phenomenal coincidence that like uh, us two guys are leading men's groups and we join this program and like you mentioned earlier in the field of therapy it's generally it's 20 percent men 80 percent women wow it's and that so low. yeah and we applied to this thing and it turned out that it's just going to be six men and then a male facilitator so by <laughs> default uh there's theoretical stuff, but we will be meeting weekly as, uh-huh. as coincidentally a men's group. So we're going to be video blogging about that process week to week to week. What's, what's happening, kind of doing the meta thing, like two therapists holding space for men and also in a group together, uh, weekly. So that's, that's starting in October, which we're excited about. That's cool. Um, I don't know why I was talking and about that. You recommend weekly. Oh, weekly. Specific. Yeah. <laughs> but I also am in another group, uh, that's a T group which is a whole other thing, but it's just a group where you have to say what you're feeling all the time. It's that level one. Level yeah, exactly. T group basically forces level one. 
uh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) which makes it really intense. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, there's so many of us, there's like that. Yeah. We're at the monthly level just because we want to meet, but, but that group feels unsatisfying to all of us Hmm. in, in its frequency. So Hmm. we're trying to meet every three weeks, but, uh, we keep bumping into this problem of that you mentioned of like, if you try to schedule it month to month to month, it creates this ongoing chore. Somebody has to create the doodle. Somebody That's can't horrible. meet. It's like, oh, yeah, we're all right. we all got Sunday the sixteenth. No, Tom can't. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's so it, Tyler. It's so frustrating. <laughs> so it's like, if you can, this is back to the cliff notes. If you can first team up with one or two other people to uh-huh. start a group, invite a bunch of people. Uh, the right amount will hopefully show up. Uh, and and before you even launch decide we're going bi-weekly weekly is pretty intense i would right. recommend weekly if you want to just get after it's it a huge time commitment or even weekly for the first two months or three months to like to get thing get some momentum in yeah. highly recommend that but understandably people are busy i think every other week is 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 a pretty solid commitment and, and with that people just know it's like oh every other tuesday like, yeah i got this thing i gotta block it out yeah exactly right and then you don't ever have to waste time which can be so time consuming deciding when's our april <sighs> meeting when's our no May you meeting. can't it doesn't work it doesn't like, work oh, yeah. that's like it. all our group like message <laughs> devolved yeah. into it was like just trying to make everyone's schedules work and you know we have like lawyers in the group and it's just like it was impossible and man. it's brutal because you finally get a date and then like a week before one of somebody's like oh man i'm not gonna be able yeah, to exactly. make it and it's always like the same guy yeah. and, and you're like Tyler. i'm starting to hate this guy <laughs> but he's never around to process it with him. yeah <laughs> we need a group to process the group yep man Awesome. Well, Brian, this has been so great talking yeah. about this stuff. I feel like we could probably go for another few hours. But, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, um, can you share, you know, with the listeners where they can maybe learn more about the work you're doing and if they wanted to kind of get involved with this stuff working yeah, out now? Of course. Uh, so for the groups, IRL, like in real life, IRLmen.com. Um, you can find me at jbriantompson.com dot com that's j just the letter j my full name is joseph brian thompson so j for joseph brian with an i thompson t-h-o-m-p-s-o-n.com um and then if you want to jump into the radical advice stream or you have more questions for me or therapist send them in to uh (laughs) to radical advice which you can google Awesome. And I'll, I'll be a guest on there hopefully in That's the next right. like few weeks or so. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do a little cross promotion. We'll, uh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We'll get some of our audiences mingling. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> and Gabe, if you're ever up in the Bay, which it's not, are you up here often? Uh, like every two months or so probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe we, we could potentially have you two on together. That'd be great. Um, oh, that'd be fun if it worked out. 